This is Michael Moran, and welcome to Gateway to Freedom. This series of podcasts addresses the path to freedom and independence that people who are blind or visually impaired have taken with their dog guides. Our first guest today is Colby Garrison, Membership Services Coordinator for the American Council of the Blind. Colby, welcome to Gateway to Freedom. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be the first guest on your new podcast. Tell us about your pup. What's her breed? What's her name? And what number dog guide is this for you? I have River. She is a female golden retriever, and I got her from the Guide Dog Foundation for the Blind in Smithtown, New York. She is my fourth guide dog, and I've gotten all of my dogs from the Guide Dog Foundation. And she is two years old, and we have been together nearly five months. When did you decide to get your first dog guide? What went into that decision? I got my first dog in 2008, June of 2008, and she was also a female golden retriever named Sunny. And Sunny opened up my world. Sunny completely changed my life. And I learned, you know, what that partnership between guide dog and handler is and could be. Um, And I had always known I wanted a guide dog. I remember being probably around five or six years old, and there was a lady who came to our elementary school to the, you know, visually impairment resource room, and she had a dog. And I just remember being so impressed with her dog and how well-behaved he was and how she just moved around with such freedom and confidence. And I remember thinking even at, you know, five or six years old, I, that's what I want one day. I want that. I, I want to be like her. And I just kind of always knew, you know, I okay. When I'm, I thought when I'm 16, I want to get a dog. And I decided not to um, at 16, just because of still being in high school. And I didn't think that the particular high school environment I was in would be conducive uh, for for a dog. Where were you at in life when you decided to get your first dog guide? Were you in college? I, I got my first dog uh, my sophomore year of college. I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. So this brings up an interesting point. You completed one year of college without a dog, just using your cane, and then you acquired a dog in your second year What kind of difference did that make? Oh, my goodness. For me personally, the difference was night and day. Um, I felt such an increased sense of self-confidence with a dog. And I felt that my independence was increased exponentially. Um, And it just it sealed the deal. I, I knew from then on that I always wanted to to have a dog. I, I can't really, I wish I could think of words that can describe that freedom you feel when you have a dog and the match is, you know, very good. The dog guide schools often emphasize how important it is to be proficient as a cane traveler. You were in college, you were proficient as a cane traveler, and you knew the area. I remember, you know, when I was younger, not understanding that. And I kept thinking, you know, oh, my goodness, why does my, why do my cane skills matter? Why? You know, I, I, 
I didn't understand the importance of that. And I think being on campus for that first year without a dog really forced me to use my cane um, and made me realize the value of having those very solid foundation, that very solid foundation of orientation and mobility and cane skills. How many years have you been working with a guide dog and what number dog is this for you? Oh my goodness. Um, so River's my fourth. You're going to make me do math. Jeez. Oh my goodness. All right. Let's see. It'd be, it'll be 13 years in June that I will be, I will have been working with dogs. Colby, it seems that the landscape has changed drastically over the past 10 years, 15 years. Of course, we have COVID. We also have paratransit. In some places, we also have improved commuting services. How do you think things have changed now from when you first started working with a dog guide? Absolutely. I'm even even 10 years ago, I think about when I got sunny and you know, obviously I have more experience than than I did in, in at that time when I acquired, you know, when I was partnered with her um, for the first time. But even just, you know, the way that you the commands you use with your dog, the, um, you know, the footwork, everything has changed. Food reward. Um, I know with some schools, it's, it's not as big of a thing, but for some it is. And, um, using the clicker for targeting, um, when you want, you know, want to find certain things. And so I think it is definitely, you know, the way we work with our dogs has significantly changed over the past 10 years. And I find that I don't have as many goals. So when I'm out walking with my dog, around and around we go and then we come back home. My dog says, what was the purpose of that? I thought we were going to the bank or to get pizza or the drugstore or something. I know they get used to it and I know it works, but we do things a little differently now because of covid I'm interested in your family dynamics, Colby. Are you single? Are you married? Are you charming all the men in North Carolina and uh, surrounding areas? What is your living situation and uh, how has that impacted your work with your dog? Um, well, I, I am I am dating currently, um, but I, I live with my parents um, still. And so it's, it's the three of us. Um, at home and uh, river, of course. And hopefully, you know, at some point soon, I will move out and have a place of my own. But for right now, uh, thankfully, you know, mom and dad haven't kicked me out yet. Is your boyfriend visually impaired? He is. Does he have a dog? No, he does not. Um, I was, we were talking about that um, a couple of nights ago, actually. Um, And I asked him, you know, have you ever thought about getting one? And he said he had. And, you know, I said, well, don't let anyone pressure you into making that decision. That decision has to be a decision that comes from you and you alone. I've seen so many times where friends or parents or somebody says to another blind person, oh, you need to get a dog. It'll help you so much. And I always caution people that I talk to you know, the dog is not a robot with a built-in GPS system. That Those cane skills and that orientation and mobility foundation that we were talking about earlier, that plays a huge role and, in you being able to work with your dog. And I don't think I can emphasize this enough. Dog guides are not for everyone. 
We should all have good cane skills, but it doesn't mean that every person who is blind or visually impaired should work with a dog guide. Absolutely. I mean, with the cane, you're getting a, so much tactile feedback. Um, with the dog, it, it's just a different method of traveling independently and the aspects of, you know, of how you, you work with the dog and interact with your environment are very different. What was it like when you came home with your first dog guide? Were your parents accepting? Did they have confidence that this would work? Were they overprotective? How did things work out so that you were successful in working with your first dog and the dogs after the first one? I think it took a bit for them to fully understand how I worked with my dogs and and how my life and their lives had changed, you know, kind of suddenly um, because I was now partnered with a guide dog. Oftentimes, if I were with them, you know, they would say, oh, just leave, leave Sunny at home. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I, I don't, I don't like this. And I, I think it, it took a while for them to, to adjust. Um, and thankfully now they know, you know, if, if River doesn't go, Colby doesn't go. They also know, and I think they, they better understand the importance of me making that decision if River stays home and, and that being my choice and not a choice that they make for me. And before you go, please tell us about your newly acquired employment. You have a new job with the American Council of the Blind, and uh, I'm very excited for you, as I know many people are. Tell us about your employment. I started almost three weeks ago now, and I'm the Membership Services Administrative Assistant for the American Council of the Blind. And I work under the Membership Services Coordinator, Cindy Hollis, and she is absolutely fantastic. And I'm so honored to get to work under her supervision and just consider it a blessing and a privilege um, and a a God-given gift. And we have over 100 events that are held via Zoom every week. And so my responsibility is coordinating and scheduling all of those different Zoom events. And they range widely um, on various topics for you know, blind people. And there's a lot of social calls as well, where there's not really a set topic of discussion. Um, but I have learned so much in my three weeks with ACB, and I cannot wait to continue. And I'm just so proud to to call them my employer. If people want to be a part of the Zoom calls and webinars, how can they get the information they need? And how do they get on the daily list? They can send an email to community at acb.org and we would be happy to get you connected and they don't necessarily need to be a member of the american council of the blind is that correct correct membership is not required our guest has been colby garrison membership services coordinator for the american council of the blind and colby you have been a delightful guest thank you so much for being here and i know you're going to be very successful at your position and in your career in the future Good luck and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Gateway to Freedom is a production of Clear Vision Network. For more information about Clear Vision, go to our website, www.clearvisionnetwork.com. Send your email 
to Mike at clearvisionnetwork.com. This is Michael Moran. Thank you for listening.